interest in the following audio recording produced by Chesterton House, a center for Christian studies at Cornell University. Support for Chesterton House comes entirely from listeners like you, and we invite you to help us continue making the recordings of past lectures available at no cost through a donation to the ministry. You can find additional resources and make a donation at www.chestertonhouse.org. This audio recording is copyrighted and unauthorized duplication is prohibited. We have just been grateful for uh, Dr. Pratt coming from warm uh, Orlando, Florida area to uh, the icebox here in uh, central New York. He is not only a professor of Old Testament at Reformed Theological Seminary uh, in Florida, but he has a heart for the world and a heart for taking uh, theological truths to uh, many different parts of this world. And uh, so he has developed a third millennium project and uh, to take, uh, uh, well, you'll explain it a little bit, but before uh, you explain that, why don't you tell us a little bit about how God grabbed your heart, how he uh, led you to see him for all of his glory. Okay. Good morning, everybody. Um, it is a great privilege to be here with you. And um, that question was a surprise in the first service. I'm ready for it now. Uh, no, the fact is, is that um, I was raised up in the church, in a Baptist church, in fact. You'll be glad to know. And, um, but I was like one of those typical young people raised in the church. I never sinned. I never did anything wrong. That's what I thought. Okay. And, uh, but the reality was, of course, that I did a lot of things wrong. I just didn't understand what those things were. But I can remember, these were back in the days of um, Vietnam. For some of you, that's ancient history. I know that doesn't compute. But in those days, when you were 17 years old, uh, and you had neighbors, friends of yours in the neighborhood who had died in Vietnam, um, those were very serious days for a 17-year-old. And so I was... Um, frightened to death, and I was participating in some uh, anti-war things and all that kind of thing. Um, and one day, there were a bunch of long-haired hippie types that came to our high school who were passing out leaflets. And I was sure that it was an invitation to some kind of anti-war rally or something. So I ran and grabbed one from the hand of the fellow, the last one he passed out, as the police were escorting them out of the high school. And um, as I opened it, I went to class and opened it up, and it wasn't an announcement of a rally. It was an invitation to come to a Christian commune. And I saw the word commune, and that was cool, so um, <laughs> I thought, I'll do that. And so I went that evening to the commune to see what was going on, and it, was, it blew me away because these people, some of them, most of them university-age people, were sitting around the room talking about Jesus like they knew him. I mean, like they knew him. Now, I had talked a lot about Jesus, and, and I understood how to be religious and things, but it was, it was unbelievable. These people knew him. And so it came to the point at the end of the evening where they went around the room, and everyone was invited just to say a little prayer or something if they wanted to. And finally, it got to me. I remember sitting between um, a Native American on my right side and a white boy with an afro out to here on the other side. <laughs> okay, if you can imagine such a thing. Um, and... Um, and I remember my turn came, and I just said, Jesus, I want to know you like these people do. It was that simple. And it happened. It was, and it transformed my life. It was phenomenal. At 17 years old, I was turned around 
and never turned back. Um, now, I can tell you from that time, I haven't been perfect and I know it. <laughs> That's a big difference between before and after for me. Um, but I have um, found life in the Savior and I've known him. He's been my friend and my Lord from that day on. And so it's a great privilege to be where I am now, serving him as I am, um, because of what happened that day in that commune way back in the Vietnam days. How about that? And so uh, you look beyond Virginia and uh, went to Harvard and got your PhD there and went to Jackson, Mississippi for a while and then went to Florida for the Reformed Theological Seminary campus in Orlando. But you have a heart beyond just the campus. You have a heart for the world. Tell us a little bit about your project. Okay. Uh, I do have a ministry called Third Millennium Ministries. And you can look us up on the web if you want. Or you can practice your Russian and your Chinese if you want to. Uh, by looking at that website. But we um, basically, I work at the seminary to pay my mortgage. How's that? Um, that's not where my heart is. In many ways, I feel like a, um, a gourmet chef in a really nice French restaurant with all kinds of gluttonous patrons called seminary students in America. I go to churches sometimes like this one, and the seminaries will sort of follow me around and the recruiters of those seminaries. Sometimes I go to a church, four or five hundred people, and there will be five or six seminaries trying to grab the one or two people that are thinking about going to seminary. And meanwhile, for the last 15 years, my wife and I have spent every single break we have in other parts of the world, teaching in schools and evangelizing and uh, basically ministering to leaders of the church. And so we made a mistake, and that was we kept going back, and now we know them. We know their names, we know their families, and we know what they need, and we're friends of theirs. And so uh, one day a person gave me the opportunity, that meant gave me money, to start a, uh, to start a ministry where we try to develop multimedia educational materials for church leaders. And in effect, our goal is to create a seminary in a box uh, in five major languages in the next 15 years. That's the goal. At that point, I'll pass it off to somebody else and they can make it in other languages if they want to. And we're moving along in that. We now have materials in um, Mandarin and Spanish and in Russian. And we're just now testing our first um, Arabic videos. And uh, one of the most exciting things about that, that Chuck asked me to talk about, is um, the fact that there is a satellite system, several of them actually, but one of them called Sat7. And some of you have heard of it that broadcasts 24 hours a day over the Arab-speaking, Arabic-speaking world to some 420 million people. And they want desperately to have a seminary of the air. And they have a little bit going on, but they just don't have the materials to put on television. So they heard about us and called me up and said, we'd like to see what you have in English. And we hear you're going to try to do this in Arabic. And I said, yeah, we're going to try. But I thought, you know, they'd say, ah, forget it. You know, this is just a professor down there in Florida trying to do something he can't do. But they grabbed our videos, looked at them, and called us back up and said, we want to put these on the air. And so those kinds of things are happening that are very exciting, that God's opening doors in uh, PRC and People's Republic of China and in the Arabic-speaking world in Latin America and former Soviet Union. And it's just a wonderful thing. 